podcast episode one. What is it? We got a story to tell? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Classic Biggie. Biggie record. Yeah. Dope. Um, now the pops cast, man. What is it? Um, shit, man. I think for us, it's just going to be like a little man cave corner of the internet where we can kind of just express our thoughts coming from a, a fatherhood perspective, which is dope, man. It's funny, too, because like, please don't shoot me, man, or don't cut me up. It's the Me Too movement's crazy, but also what's underrepresented, which is kind of like a, it's like an oxymoron because we're guys and like men always are represented, I think. But I think it's more of a, it's a space for dads because I think everything as a father is always geared towards the mother. Everything's about the mom, the women, they're the nurturers. But for us, man, for the, the new elder millennials of this shit, man, like the evolved and involved dad, I like to call it. There's a space for us too, man. Like we're we're there's a community of us out there who actually give a shit, man, who are actually heavily involved with our kids and we're here to talk about that shit, man, but not in like a corny, like cheesy, like babies are us way, but more of like a hip hop sneaker, real raw way, which I think is I don't know that there's too many people out there talking about it from that perspective. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Like I, I, I listen to some podcasts, but nothing to where they strict they're like strictly fatherhood from a hip hop perspective. Like obviously you got um Mero from Jesus of Mero and he shouts his kids out and stuff like that, but you, four kids. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Yeah, I can't do that. I can't. You're close. I'm one away. I got three. I'm at one and I break into like fucking hives if I'm thinking about number two. I can't even think. Before with three's even different too. It's like you still have zone defense, but four is like fucking crazy. You can't you can't rock a sedan anymore. Like, <laughs> minivan, life? minivan life, probably close. Ford Flex. <laughs> Does it have three rows? Yeah. Oh, see, I, I was gonna ask rows. you about that. I was like, what you think about that? Because I got the the Santa Fe Sport. Now nah, you got to rock AKA three the rows, Dadmobile. Man, man Swagger Wagon. I'm not mad at that though. I'm not it's mad either. Kind of boxy truck looking joint. You know what I mean? A little, a little bit. It's like you the could, Dad Range. You're right. It's got the it's got the aluminum paneling on the side. You're like, that's the stuff. Yeah. It's almost like the uh, uh, those old school those old school. Um, you know what I'm talking about, like the like the, the station wagons. Yeah, the old school station wagons. The wood, wood paneling upgrade. Oh, man. Upgrade. 2019. What do you know about that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the pops cast, man. It's something we just we created, man. It's our baby, man. It's our love child, man. Um, in the the coolest possible way, but. Um, no, I think it's important, man. I think it's important to talk about some of the shit that's that's real, man. Like the from not only just the music and the sneakers, and um, it it really kind of marries with the whole hip hop's brand of once you become a father, man, you don't have to lose your cool, man. You don't have to like lose your fresh when you become 100%. a dad, man. I think hundred percent. I think there's like there's a level of integrity, right? And even like us being married, it's like our wives fell in love with like a certain type of person. And when you become kids, like that shit doesn't have to go out the window. You yeah. can still maintain your cool, but still be a father and be present in your kids' lives. And I think that's the most important piece. I agree with that 100%, man. Like uh, for me, like you were saying, um, everything is driven so much by social media. And I, I do have social media. I know you got social media, but it things just changed from the way I was a kid, right? For so sure. everything's so social media driven. It's like I kind of have to get in on the wave just to be in touch with my kid when she gets older. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, too, just, just dealing with um, everything new. I don't want to be so disconnected to where I'm just like, ah, I don't understand this, I don't understand that. I want to make sure that I open a dialogue with my child or children in the future. Um, 
and have this be somewhat of how she understands how the, the way her dad grew up or his sensibilities. You For know sure, I mean? man. And I think that um, I spoke to you about this before we even had the show where it's like I feel like we're in a transitional generation where our parents were probably problematic. You know what I mean? And then now we're trying to usher in a new era of like what a progressive dad is. And we're not always going to get it right. But I think that's what this is for, too. You know what 100%. I mean? Like we can hear from the community, not just dads, but anyone else who's like a daughter, a son, a mother, a wife, exes or what, what have you just come through. And be like, yo, I think you got this wrong, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's important for hey, you us. Is that exes? Yeah, exes. So going to like pull up like our exes or something. No, 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 no. like like actual <laughs> exes like, of like shit. significant others. Like got it, got it. this is you got this wrong, you got that wrong. Or no, no, for sure. This is just my perspective on it. I think that was important too. And I, and like you said, because everything's social media driven. When I was approaching fatherhood, or impending fatherhood rather, like uh, I would see like my wife follow like a bunch of mom accounts. I was like, oh, that's dope. And then I would see she would actually tag me with accounts, or. Um, she would hashtag like hashtags that said like oh don't forget dads or something like that. I was like oh that's kind of dope because everything, again, the whole process of child rearing I think is is more so uh, everything I think everything involved with child rearing is more so um, around the woman and that's because of the patriarchy right. But at the same time we're kind of not given an outlet to express ourselves in a safe way, um, whether no matter what we're talking about. I, was yeah, like, yeah. That, I think that's really important. I agree, man. And even like when we go to like the stores, right? You look at the marketing just behind like the fucking dopest stroller, man. And it's just like, why is this mom in Manhattan in heels pushing a fucking stroller? Right. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, right. where? <laughs> I don't even understand it. Cause like 90% of the time, like, I gotta push the stroller, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. where's the dad on there pushing the stroller? But again, it's, it's, it's so bugged too, like that it's such a, a male dominated world. Like, Shout out, it's a man's world, right? But the reality is, is that there's no male representation in the in the parenting community. It's right. or minimal, excuse me, not none, but there's minimal. And I think that's important for us to kind of tackle that topic head on and figure out, like, how do we fit into the formula and where can we take it? And we're we in the cool shit, too. Like, why does it have to be for the moms only? So. Yeah. And, he, and even then, when I saw the accounts of... Um like the dad accounts or stuff like that. It was literally just dudes, just wild swaggerless. I'm like, ah, we're rocking Crocs, like taking their kids to school. I'm like, ah, they it's do. cool. On one hand, it's cool that you take your kid to school. I'm not mad at that. Hundred percent. Don't don't, don't lose your cool, yourself. man. Don't, don't give, give up, up yourself, man. Yeah. Don't just just be the same person that you were with some evolution in there. What was it? There was like this comedian who talked about how like your parents used to be cool. Who was it? I think it was like D.L. Hughley said the entertainer or something. I can't remember. But it's just like at one point we all had something about us that was cool. And it's not about hip hop or like cool sneakers, but it's just more about just being true to yourself. And I think we lose that sometimes or you can lose it if you allow it to be lost. Yeah. But I agree with you, man. I think that's 100 percent accurate. Like you said, shout out to the dad taking their kid to school. Like Freddie checked out, I think. Freddie's like, over there, like <laughs> Freddie's watching YouTube. He's like, "Fuck this He's dad shit." Looking at some ass. I'm not mad at it though, man. He's not a dad yet, so no, right? That's why he's here. Shout out to Freddie, man. Shout out to the Freddie, the young millennial. Sight, yeah, he said, yeah, ah. he's out here. <laughs> Freddie, he's out saying, here ah. representing. You know what I mean, yeah, representing the young millennials. The young millennials. That's right. Double Chico. Hey man, don't. Hey, I love Double Chico, man. If if anyone. Emails us with some hate mail about that. Like, we can have some problems. We can pull up. 
Yeah. <laughs> not above. I'm not pull above up and give you some harsh words because I'm not about that life. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you in a stern voice. <laughs> the dad voice. <laughs> and give hey. a dad look. Hey. Is that? <laughs> yeah. Man, but I, that's a pretty. That's a really good point though. Just talking about like, oh, there's something that made you cool, and then obviously sure. besides your kid's perception, like. Dad's kind of a her, he's corny or whatever. Cause you know, I'm not, my daughter doesn't even understand me now. And she's just like, I sure. give her dad jokes all the time. All the Constant. time. You want scrambled eggs? They're excellent. All, all that shit. Cause I like that. hundred percent. Like corny shit. Clean. I like that. But at the same time, like I'm out here just, you know, just being me and you're being you. And that's, that's dope, man. Yeah. But I think that's dope, man. So the, in, in a nutshell, that's kind of what the pops cast is going to be about. So just for everybody listening, that's what to expect. Um, but I guess in order to understand the pops cast, I mean, I think we got to understand who we are as people, too, as individuals. So tell me a little bit about, I want to know about Retro, man. Talk to me about Retro Boogie. Well, government name, Retro Boogie, the poor sport. Just kidding. <laughs> the uh, government name. That's just a moniker. Um, well, just for anyone who's not looking at the visual content, uh, I am Asian American, born and raised in L.A., um, the Valley, rather. Uh, I'm not going to date myself here and say what era I was born in, but I did grow up listening to the golden era of hip-hop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, the golden era of hip-hop for the young millennials listening, nobody had a lull in front of their name. Just yeah, know that. It's not, it's not now. <laughs> I'll say the golden, the golden era is not now. But um, <laughs> yeah, like I got into hip-hop. I, I, I want to say I got into hip-hop at a young age. Um, I had two older sisters. One of them was like the oldest one. She was super into Prince. So we had Dope. some influence there. Um, my middle sister, she was really into hip-hop, and she was about four years apart. But I think that came about just because um, my father first moved to this country. He moved to Hayward, California, which is kind of near Berkeley. Okay. Um, and at the time... NorCal, right? Yeah. At the time, there was a... a, a I think it was it was that area was mostly African American, um, black, Latino. So he was out here being a martial artist, stereotypical, right? Open his studio. You can't even write this shit. No. <laughs> he, he, so he started he started that, and the first people that showed him love, and that like actually like because he didn't speak a lick of English, dude. Hmm. He came out here. He was like this is some Bruce Lee shit kind of where he's like he was a dishwasher. Scrounged enough money together, he like fell in line with like some he or fell in contact rather with some other Asian Americans or not Asian Americans but Asians rather, mm. and started his own studio. And then the first people in the community, black and brown people, so we came through, showed him love, and he's like, "Oh, this is this is what's up." So he sent for my mom. My mom came out here with my older sister. Um, mom was still in Korea. Mom was still in Korea. Yeah, so oh, he dope. came out here to try to find a way. Um, they moved out Blaze together. Blazed the trail first. Yeah, that's what's he up, moved man. down to Salinas primarily Latino population, then down here to L.A. And then by the time he had, he had a following, by the time he moved down here, so when I was born, surrounded by black and brown people. Oh. My dad and mom were very heavily um, Korean. They had Korean sensibilities just because, you know, they came from the motherland. So, um, but they were just too busy running the business. So it was literally just like, oh, my students, I'll take care of my kid. Black and brown people. My whole life mm. just raising me like the old heads, all my OGs were like 90% of them were either black or brown. So they taught me kind of like not only about their culture, but their tradition, which fell in line with a lot of Asian uh, sensibilities, which I, I I found some comfort in that because my mom and my dad weren't around like that. And that's not any fault of their own. No, they don't want that to do. It just happened. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so, you know, hip hop, oldies, all sorts of stuff like that. And then, you know, fast forward. Um, I was born and raised in the Valley. I know a lot of people get surprised by that because I'm, uh, air quotes, well-rounded. But, yeah, I just had a lot of, a lot of time outside the valley. Like, my, uh, my uncle lived in K-Town. My grandma lived in K-Town. And then um, 
bounced around a little bit, graduated mm. uh, high school, went to UCSB. As we were just talking about crazy nah. culture shock. Um, came back down here, man, and then just started, you know, didn't like it up Santa Barbara, came back down to L.A., and then just kind of did my thing for a little bit. You know how your 20s go, it's all kind of a blur, good and bad. Figuring it out. Yeah, and then mid-20s. Sure. Um, what's up? Figuring it out. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Freddie. <laughs> Freddie got it figured out. There's shout, a, out shout, right. out to, shout out to Freddie yeah. who knows the dirt. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, in, he's, in mid-20, he's in his mid-20s, but at that time, when I was in my early to mid-20s, man, I was... I didn't know what I was doing with my For life, sure. man. And, and, and not too many, none of us did. Nah, thankfully. Especially the era was a little bit different, too. I don't think, I think our mid 20s versus Freddie's mid 20s looks a lot different. Yeah. And I yeah. think, too, just like information age, you have access to so yeah, much man. versus for us, we didn't have the Dude. access. I had an Encyclopedia Britannica and I was missing the L and the M. Oh. So, <laughs> you had rich friends who had like the whole set? Yeah. Like all 26? Just with encyclopedias? Just with encyclopedias? I didn't have like all money. of them. <laughs> this leather, you're like, this isn't pleasant. And it has like the gold like foil on the yeah. outside. That was yeah. when you know you were doing some shit. That's also how we know we're old. Because people would actually come to the door and sell Encyclopedia Britannicas back in the day. That's what's up. Shout out to Microfiche too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man. You know what that is, Freddie? Microfiche? It's an archaic way of storage, right? <laughs> Just think of really, really small pictures in a magnifying glass, and that's all it is, man. Ooh. Yeah, you have to go crazy. to the library to get it. Yeah. You, know, you know what a library is? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, mid-20s, met, met my wife. You know, we went through some ups and downs, and then obviously we got married. Or not obviously. Let me not minimize For sure. folks who are still together and, and had kids, but... Um, Things just kind of came together, married, house, kid, by pure luck, man. Like, I don't even know how that happened. Like, it just happened that way. And then, you know, born to a, a beautiful, where we had a beautiful uh, baby daughter, Kennedy. Shout, Shout out, out to Kennedy. Kennedy. Shout out to my Paola. Shout out to the infamous P. Yeah, yeah. And um, from there, like, a, a lot of my friends, I thought that they kind of took a certain amount of glee. The ones that at least were, were older than me, like, oh, or had kids before me, like, oh, man. No more sneakers for you, man. Like you won't be able to like you won't be able to go out anymore, man. Blah blah blah. And I was like, all right, well, you know what? I had the reputation of getting a little hammered because of my Santa Barbara days or whatever. But one day I woke up and I looked at my wife and I was like, yo, I'm not prepared, but I'm ready. Yeah. Right? yeah. So as soon as that happened, I stopped going out. Like I didn't really need to go out like that or whatever. I didn't really. And then at the same time, I was like, we're thankfully in a place where we can actually like still cop kicks. And still keep our kid fresh and stuff like that. So that never really stopped. I always cared about myself. And like, because I was like, first of all, if you're not like the best looking dude in the world, you have to take care of yourself. Otherwise, if you look like shit and your face actually looks like shit too, mm -mm. it's a bad combo. It's not, it's not, yeah, you're not gonna get, you're not getting any types of girls or nothing like For that, sure, or any man. type of attention. So um, that just kind of stuck with me. And even through the trials and tribulations of fatherhood and marriage, um, it's like I still got to be the best person I can be to my daughter and my wife, and I can't have them just look and be like, "Hey, this is my dad, this is my husband." So yeah, that's that's who I am in a nutshell, that's, man. That's dope, man. Yeah, love it, man. Freddie, what's the next topic? <laughs> sneaker culture, one of my favorites. Sneaker culture, man. Let's talk about sneakers. Damn, let's talk about it, man. Sneakers, man. How'd you get into sneakers first and foremost, man? We just got done talking about my. Like a novel of a life. Um, sneakers, man. For me, sneakers were a huge thing, man, because growing up, my mom was a single parent for the majority of our upbringing. Mm -hmm. And we would stay, like, at my grandmother's. So, like, my grandmother had a huge part in raising us. 
and like they, they literally, my grandmother, and my aunt took over and kind of helped hold down my mom because she worked, she worked crazy just to be able to provide. We um, so for us, um, sneakers were always cool because everybody knew like Jordans, they knew like cool sneakers, but we could never get them. Right. So I didn't have access to them because they were just fucking wild expensive. So thinking about like sneakers for me was. I always loved them, and I always like was a fan of them. I would like know every sneaker, every colorway they came out, but I just couldn't get them. I didn't have I didn't have the means to get them at the time, and not to get it like fucked up or create some sob story like, oh my god, we were destitute and we didn't have anything. We couldn't afford a meal. No, we could, but it was just more about like that shit's like one hundred seventy five yeah. bucks, and this was like back then, shit was different. Yeah. So for me, sneakers was. Um, for me, it's like a it's a form of expression. Like, you can have like some shitty clothes or whatever. Like, you can kind of you can kind of make an outfit work. Even like yeah. you think about like business wear nowadays. Like, even some I even, I know some like some people in the late thirties who maybe have like a couple. My bad, it's not on the case. Um, who have like couple button downs, mm-hmm. but they have like eighty ties. And they just flip up the tie. Hey, man, whatever works. And you got to make it work, right? Yeah. And, but we've all been there, right? It's not not a diss or anything, but it's just that's the reality. But sneakers, is, I think, is a form of expression where you can just, you can come up with some shit, man. And, like, especially, like, you think of, like, the legends, like, the tinkers of the world and, like, yeah. the, 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 the shit that they think of. For me, I was always a fan of it, but I could never afford it. So now, being older, having a career, having, like, a, a, some more stability in life, all the things that I wasn't able to do then, mm-hmm. I can do now, but it's like a feeling of nostalgia and like it's an emotion tied to it. It's not so much about being fresh, which is all that's cool too. Like, I like who doesn't like to be fresh? Who doesn't like right. to feel their best? But it's about like that emotion of like, damn, I couldn't get it then, but anytime I cop a sneaker now, it's just like, I remember that sneaker. Get like, I remember like the Air Max 97s was like, I remember when they came out, the silver ones. They were oh, called so the they were called the Dan O'Briens at the time. Oh my god! And I remember seeing them, and I was just like, "There's a silver sneaker." Like yeah. the sneakers weren't silver, right? Oh, <laughs> like man. it wasn't like a metallic silver, nah, like the, reflective on it. Like it wasn't anything like this that. This is right before the Jigga Rap era too, so it's like it's nothing right. was like tinfoil looking. Nothing was nothing that shiny. had. Yeah. So I remember seeing them, and I was just like, "Damn!" I went there, I told my mom, "Like I want to get those." She was like, "How, boy? Yeah. You don't know." So I remember seeing it, and I'm just like, damn, I want those. And then now when I, I remember when I was old enough to get it, I was like, ah. Yeah. And I didn't think I, I got two pairs because I've got one in the box, and I want, I'm want. i not the sneaker guy who like, doesn't rock them. Right. People always ask me, too, like, yo, are you wearing those? Like, yeah. It was like, out? Yeah. I think that's the difference, though, man, between like a sneakerhead or a collector. Because the dudes that keep their shit in the box, to me, that's a collector. For sure. I like to, like mess with my stuff. I like to like play with it or whatever or wear it, you know what I mean? Like Or it's dope when you just walk through the mall and you shut shit down and people yeah. like you see yeah. people turning even if they don't say anything, you just see them looking like those. I'm not gonna yeah, I'm not gonna lie, there's some extra umph in it too with like knowing that I'm like Asian American and I got like a bunch of other dudes that say like, oh damn Facts. Little Asian dude like rocking shit like damn. Like that like that to me is dope. Hundred percent. Yeah. My story is pretty much the same thing though, man. Like it's all I think it ties in with hip hop. Um just it's it's initially a lot of hip hop was about you know the flex and stuff like that status symbols so you know you had the you had like the the Gucci chains the that Dapper Dan outfits yeah, yeah. you had the <laughs> sneakers and all that stuff and that was just part of it but for me what attached me the most was the sneaker stuff because I wasn't a particularly athletic kid. 
but all the kids at my school that had, were like on basketball teams or whatever, like they had the fly shit because they kind of had to. Right? 100%. And at the same time, like, like, I was like, damn. And sometimes it wasn't even that I thought it were dope. I was just like, they're so expensive. They're so unattainable. I need it. I want it. You know what I mean? Like, the shoes, was, I was like, oh, I wanted it so bad. Just that was also a thing, it. too, because of the price point. It was they knew it was it. automatically cool yeah. because it was expensive. Yeah. But it's like, not. Nah, it's kind of like, <laughs> like designer stuff now. Like, there's stuff it's that trash. looks like buns, and you're just like, no, I need to have it because it's got the, the, the double G Gucci on it, or I need to have this because it's Hermes or whatever. You know, whatever it is, and like, for me, it's like, I don't ascribe to that as much anymore, but to say that I'm not a brand whore in terms of Nike and Jordan and Adidas, like, that's a lie. I'm 100% a brand whore yeah. for sneakers. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> for sure. But, yeah. I rock my Target shirt. But the sneakers always <laughs> No, I feel that for sure, man. The sneaker culture in general, like, and I guess we'll get into this later too, but it, how it was for us, I think it was, it was a flex, but it wasn't like a competition like it was, Agreed. like it is now. Because it's like my boy would come through with like the hot shots, like, oh, shit, you got those, blah, blah, blah. And like, we'd be like, oh, I want those too. But it's not like, let me see, let me get something that he can't get. For sure. It's not like it's more like camaraderie and stuff like that. And I think that's kind of how hip hop was back in the day, too. Like, it wasn't as, um, I think no matter what, you're going to get that level of competition. Yeah, but yeah. But in terms of like the vitriol and like the actual, like real live hate and like, you didn't really get it like that. Like, all right, let's just, it's sparring. If we had beef with each other, it's sparring, like up until, you know, obviously, unfortunately, we had like Big and um, Big and Pac had, had you know, let me just say they didn't get murdered. They got assassinated. I'll say that Agreed. Right now. Agreed. Hundred percent. They got assassinated. But then, agreed, man. You know, like up until then, like people were just like, it's for the sports, for the sports, for the sport. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was just like, no, man, I got this. You ain't got it. So, that, we'll talk about that. I'm sure in the future. But not for sure, man. I think that's like I think that's a perfect way to kind of jump into like the music aspect of it. So like we talk about sneakers and fashion, and you think of like the Dapper Dan's and like. Like you said, the flex and like, hip hop's like a braggadocious sport anyway. Like people yeah. are competing and they're like trying to be the flyest and the freshest. And I think that just kind of is a perfect segue to like the music aspect. So thinking about hip hop, and I know we come from a different era versus today's era, which we talk about this a lot too. Like you and I, we both talk about how we don't want to be the old guys out there that don't <laughs> like, who don't show any interest in the, the new generation stuff. But. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I'm just a purist, and I think that there should be, like, a certain level of integrity to hip-hop and to music, and I think that the, the I think the the biggest issue I think I have with the younger generation is that they don't pay the, the correct homage to the old, because without right. the old school stuff, quote-unquote, there would be no you, and I think that that's where I think the disrespect comes into play. The music isn't necessarily my thing, but I'm cool with it. Like, that's your thing, because I know... Our parents were like, you know, turn that racket off. Like, yeah. <laughs> turn that noise off. Yeah, yeah, Pull sure. up your pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I, I can't really, in terms of, like, music these days, I do branch off. I'm a little more open-minded with, with some stuff because I'll find some stuff now that's, like, very simple. You know what I mean? But I still like it. Uh, uh, but what offends me the most, for sure, is the fact that it's like, dude, without these guys, you wouldn't be here. It's like, and um, I think it was Lil Yachty that was just like... I think he said something about like Man Pockets and all that, or like Big was and all that, or like I didn't listen to him at all. I was like, dude, if you call yourself a rapper and you really care about your craft, you will, do you it. will pay attention to your your craft and the art, and you will make sure that you understand the classics. You might not relate to them, right? Know your history, though. Because there's a bunch of stuff that I, I might not relate to, but I can appreciate it. I have the knowledge of it. And I know how the craft kind of like, how, how, like how people crafted their songs, how they crafted the verses, or what the concept was behind it, rather than like, and like yeah. mumbling through verses and stuff like that. Ooh. That like, that's not. Did I can't you just do say it. Mumble? 
Yeah, it's man. A fact. I can't. I can't really. There's some dudes out there because people like our era of mumble rap was what like it was Twista and those Bone Thugs and stuff like that. But they weird. They were actually like they're spitting some was, shit too. Yeah, they were spitting. Go bars. farther back. Go like Dos Effects. Go. Right. Um, Fushnik. Oh man. Yeah, see. Fushnikins. But I mean, there, there's there's new stuff now. Like the thing that the thing that I hate about myself now is that I'm such a curmudgeon. I, I, I kind of too. embrace it, but I kind of don't. But then the stuff that I like now, it's all like stuff that sounds like old stuff. And that sucks because I feel like there's a new sound now that I can appreciate and there is some stuff. But then I was like, oh, this makes me feel like Ronnie and Joe Cooley or this makes me feel like blah, blah, blah. And then so all sonically like- is cool, but I just can't get to like, again, we come from the era where like people like really hone their craft and like they would like spend time like writing like bars, like lyricism was like at the forefront which is crazy because I think the evolution of hip hop was was all about the DJ, right? Like you yeah. had like the Kumo D and the Busy Bees back in the day where it was all about the DJ rocking the party. Yeah. And then it it went somewhere different where you had like the LLs and the the goat of all time and people can send me hate mail all day when we talk about this but like rock him like where letter. the cat the was like of all time. I mean paid in full. Just yeah. paid in full was I think that's the bible of like Hip hop to me, and I think that after that era, you have like the Jays and the Nas's in the '90s who really just took that and the Wu Tang, excuse me, but they took that and were able to transcend. And then you have like the Master Ace who can just start in that era from the symphony and still like drop a disposable art long hot summer and still be relevant to us, right? But I think. I don't know, man. Like, I think people need to spend a little bit more time, man. You can't just go out here just loose with it. I think people need to take it a little bit more seriously because that's your profession. Like, imagine if I showed up to work and it was just like... <laughs> Doing whatever. Just whatever. I mean, or if you think of it, well, let's, playing devil's advocate here, right? You're a kid who either is from middle class or lower middle class or, you know, from just an underserviced community in general. And someone's just like, I like you... You have opportunity to put something out, right? And and I think the internet not is is not to blame per se, but but I think it's to blame. They they helped accelerate things though. You know what I mean? Because you could find dope people on SoundCloud. You could find dope people on YouTube or whatever. And it just so happens that the commercial consumption of what hip hop is now is just not to me. It's not good. But if you, it's just like if you kind of um, for anyone who plays baseball, like I, I watch it casually. But then if you think about. Um, Yasiel Puig, when he came in the mm-hmm. league, they literally gave this kid $40 million. And being from Cuba, and you don't know, you you don't even know how to count to $40 million. Literally more money mm-hmm. than you've ever thought of in your life. And they're like, do whatever you want to do. I think at that point, you kind of take your foot off the gas. You know what I mean? Like at, up to that point, if you don't really care about it, you're like, oh, this this might be kind of cool. This might be kind of yeah. hobby. And then they just they just get sucked into whatever the lifestyle is, you know, like groupies and for sure you know, drugs or whatever whatever it is. And, I, and we talked about this too. And I was like, I, me personally, if you ask me what I listen to, it's like I don't listen to drug taker music. I listen to drug, drug dealer, dealer music. music. Like it's a very big difference. There's a big difference there. Shout out to Pusha T. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> None the, better. One of one of the, one of the greatest of all time when it comes to the luxury coke rap. You know him and Jeezy and and Jeezy Rick Ross for sure. Uh, Jeezy. Yeah, Rick Ross. I don't know about he, Ross, but I would say he's grown though. He has grown. But mm. yo, know, in terms of new new acts that you're listening to, who's on deck for you? I w- new. Yeah, new ish. New ish. 
that people might not have heard of like on two the two people that I really like I really I would say three I would say Nims um, Gorilla Nims man fuck your life man that guy's hilarious <laughs> your mother's a Gunther um, <laughs> Nims. Lyrically, I think Fred the Godson is probably one of the... Oh, Dips an Affiliate, man. For years, for like a decade. Fred the Godson. Wow. Lyrically, I don't think there's really too many cats messing with him. And he has like this big presence, too, because he's fat. And he... I always... Listen, I don't know if I'm biased, but I I like it when like a fat guy gets on the mic because you can hear the breathing. (laughs) And you can tell he's struggling for air. It's very labor. Yo, lyrically. So like pun? Basically, it's pun. Yeah, you can hear him. it's like he keeps breathing like that through the mic. We call but that passion. Pas- yeah, passion. Yeah, passion. Yeah, now Fred like even said he's like Biggie and Pun, both Christopher's walking and me. Like, yeah. So he's literally like, I think lyrically, I don't really know that there's anybody out who can mess with him lyrically. Like his, he's witty as shit, man, and he has like this Biggie like charisma, which mm-hmm. I I appreciate. And then also too, like if he's a little mumble rapper ish. But lyrical as shit, which is actually happens to be uh, Fred the Godson's man, Axel Leon. And he was on Nims's album, um, on that song No Reggaeton, which was probably one of my favorite cuts off the album. But um, Axel Leon is dope, man. He's, he's funny, funny cat. Like, can't understand half the thing he says, but I, I rock with him, though. <laughs> what about you, man? Oh, man. Again, probably just back to the boom bap era of rap for me. So, me and one of my boys. No, new. No, don't cheat, because I gave you new. So newish, I would say okay, newish in terms of maybe people haven't heard of him. Mayhem Loren, obviously. Mayhem. He's a lowhead. Um, he's cut from that same boom bap. Tell people, tell people who don't know what lowheads are. Oh man, low. If you're lowhead, you love Polo, Ralph Loren specifically. And shout tell out people, to tell people what, man, who I'm don't gonna, know what I'll, that I'll is. Right now, let man, me just I, explain to you I, like how important this. I'll let you explain it. 1993. Hey, what are you pointing at? This is, no, you don't understand. Like, this is an important, this is an important piece. This is very, very important to the culture. Like, Snow Beach, Polo, shout out to you for bringing, like, a piece of history. Thank God. Well, thank God they brought Salute it back. Salute to Retro for that. That's Retro. Hey, cheers, man. Salute. That's Retro. Thank you, thank you man. Thank you. Um, retro came through. And he know. didn't even... Look, hold on. Wait a second. Let me cut you off. Go ahead. Retro didn't subtle flex on us. He just fucking full, full on flexed I'll, on I'll us. tell you right now. We're, we're <laughs> like a, almost... That's the, a flex. <laughs> we're almost in the middle of June. I was like, let me just squeeze the last bit of fucking June gloom out here and just like, if we're going to do it, let me just do it big. Came through the snow beach. That's a great... That's... You know what? That's a great shout out to the wife again who co-signed it because I did not buy this shit retail. Like I had to like I had to suck it up and buy it re- on the resale market, and it costs me a pretty penny. I'm not gonna say how much just because I'm not one. I'm not trying to flex. No, I'm no, actually no, no. kind of tight that I had to pay like the resale price for it. But it's heavy. Yeah. No, 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 it's heavy. It's like stock X prices, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. They raped you. From. Yeah, they raped oh. you. Yeah, StockX raped you. Oh yeah, but I know I got a pair of acronym Prestos. StockX oh, raped me. There you go. Um, but yeah, man, like low heads in general, they, they're, they're, uh, I think they're a seminal part of, of hip hop too. Cause shout out to the little lifes. They started this thing where like affluence, like they, they, they affluence is a status symbol, but they made it theirs. You know what I mean? So for me, if you're low head, you're in a polo. And for me, I'm not going to hate any type of polo you like, as long as not the U S polo association or that's not polo. We the Beverly that, right? Hills polo club. Some people don't know the difference, man. Like a guy. No, 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 no. You got any people. Let's just mandate this so that people don't ever get it fucked up. U.S. Polo Association and Beverly Hills Polo 
is not I will, you. I will roast you in person. No, you get cut up. Like that's not. I'm sending you anthrax if anybody <laughs> wears that and calls it polo. Like it's just not white powder. I'm bringing anthrax back to send it to you. <laughs> like, I'll, you know what? I'll try to at least educate you first. And if you're like, no, nah, but I'll fuck with this anyway because it's cheaper or whatever. Like, nah. Yeah, my man, no, retro educate you. you. I'm just gonna send you anthrax. Yeah, like, I hope you see. die twice. You I can't. <laughs> you can't. Wow. <laughs> fuck it. I wow. Don't care. Harsh. Nah. All fuck them. Right. All right, man. Because well, you can't come with this, like Snow Beach. That's legendary. Like people you gotta understand, like that's a legendary look. Well, it's man, crazy. I appreciate it. I Salute appreciate to Retro for for bringing through the legendary. Well, thank you for having me, man. First of all, yeah. having me, man. This is yours. Nah, it's ours, man. But you you put the wheels in motion, so I gotta give you the credit. No, 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 no. Not enough of that. Um, so now we talked about we talked about sneakers. We talked about music. We talked about um, who we are. Talk about the kids, man. Um, let's talk about. Kennedy, man, and like how for you, um, this whole lifestyle we live, right? Because I think it is a lifestyle. Um, how do you pass that on to your kid? How do you keep it authentic, keeping it fresh, keeping it you, but still making sure that passes on and leaving a legacy? Because I think it's all about legacy. It's all about generational growth. And it's all about passing something on and leaving a little bit of us to our kids. Being, especially being a parent, man, being the most important piece of why we're here today. Um, talk to me a little I, bit about man, that. Man. I think that's tough, man. Because right now, my kid just barely stopped being like a blob to where she has her own personality. Because, you know, like for, for dads who don't know yet or people who are about to be dads, like the first two months of your kid's life, give or take a few weeks or something like that, him or her, she's just they're just going to need like attention. They're going to need whatever. They're going to need the basics of life. Right, and then after that, they kind of smile at you, they kind of talk to you, or something like that. And then it takes a long time after that for them to fully develop their personality, or at least start getting there. So for me now, I'm still kind of playing with that, right? Like setting boundaries for her and making sure she's not, you know, that she's not uh, eating Tide Pods. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Or just making sure I'm doing at least, if I don't childproof the house, at least make sure that I'm there, so she's not doing any dumb shit. But um, in terms of legacies, man, I think. I don't know, man. I think it was it was tough for me at first because one of the things about hip hop is that it's so misogynistic, right? On one face of it, and I have a daughter, so for me to listen to that in the car or to bump it in her presence, I'm like, it's tough. And I I listened to a TED talk from this lady, and I'll, I'll get her name later because I thought it was really important. She's like, well, I'm a feminist, but I'm a bad feminist. She's like, I was listening to trap shit all the way over here. You know what I mean? Like I was listening to trap shit talking about bitches and hoes and stuff like that. And she's like, and then I came up here and did this TED talk. She's like, people are complicated, man. You know what I mean? And I think that's, we can be a lot of things. So I think that one of the important things about this podcast too is like, we don't have to be just a dad. We can be a husband. We can be a hip hop head. We can be a sneaker head. We can go out. We can do our own thing. We're not confined like we were, like our fathers were, our grandfathers were the same way. It's very one dimensional, the the role, right? Yeah. It's like, you're like, a provider, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so to start right. and, and and like, let me not get it twisted, man. Like, I like I have a, a pretty good job. My wife has a great job, mm-hmm. right? So that in it, in and of itself, like, the roles are kind of switched, right? And that's not to say that she doesn't pull her load at home because she does. She still does that too. Yep. You know. So for me, is like, what can I do? What can I tell or teach my daughter that my wife already couldn't? Which is a whole lot, right? Because my wife can teach her everything that it is. Everything it is to be a strong woman, and strong woman of color specifically. So for me, I just have to say, 
um, for a while, man, when she was, when I was putting her to sleep, cause we would switch nights and I, I just put, I was like, you know what? You were strong, intelligent, independent woman, and you don't need validation from anybody. Mm. You don't need it from your dad. You don't need it from your mom. You don't need it from a, a, a man or a woman or, or an inanimate object or a pet. You are your own person with or or social media me. or social especially. media. Exactly. When <laughs> especially, they get older, ooh, especially taking those little dotty pictures. I'm like, I don't know about that one, but hopefully <laughs> if they do that, they're wow. doing it on their own volition, not trying to impress anybody. If they want to just, if they want to express themselves in that way, hopefully I won't die of a fucking heart. Let's just not do that. Like how about that? <laughs> just live in that Man, space. I can't like, I'm, I, I'm an overthinker. So, I know. No, no, you're, you know, I just, I, for me, I just can't, I can't help it. You know? So for me, it's just, it's just juggling that in terms of passing along the culture to the kids. Like you can do a lot of things and be complex, but you can still be your own person. And that's for sure, right. man. So what about you, man? Uh, man, it's tough, man. Like, I think the biggest thing for me is just as a parent is just fostering just fucking good people, man. Like, I think that's like. And you got three. I got three, man. I'm and it's so ill. And it's so ill, too, because like there's three and they're like at different stages. I have um, an 11 year old, a soon to be five year old and a one and a half year old. So they're like at different stages. There are different personalities. Like my my 11 year old, he's like thinks he's cool as shit and he's like into stuff. But the thing I love about him though is that he's respectful. Um he knows how to fucking have a conversation. He's not super like um, you know, on his phone like that. Like he is, but then also too, like he knows how to like put it down and just be present. So for me, like those are proud moments because I feel like it's an uphill battle and we're fighting against like a wave of just kids who just don't know how to be present and have right. a conversation right. with somebody without like an electronic device in their hand. Um, so I'm proud of that. Um, but he's like an independent thinker. He's very creative. He's not a follower. He's today, like my wife was texting me as we were sitting here or about an hour before you got here. She was texting me saying how like he just discovered how to make his own beats. Oh, that's dope. And he's 11. And he's also like into singing and he's into music and he's into acting and he's into all these things and reading. But she's like, let's add producer to his list. I was just like, oh, shout out to Bass, man. Like, that's dope. <laughs> Um, the middle ones is, he's a fucking wild child, man. Like he's a fucking Jesus Christ. That's my payback kid. I call, uh, but, um, yeah, man. But like you said, just for me, I think that's just important to just have good kids, man. And, and I think what's really important to me is just maintaining my identity while still making sure they're good kids. Oh yeah. Man. And I know we talked about this before too, but like if, if I'm trying to be like the hip hops and be fresh, like I need to make sure the kids are good too and yeah, like i need sure. to make sure they just treat people well and be kind to people man be positive i know it's like the trendy thing to do but like the reality is is like you don't want to have like some serial killer kids and that's like yeah. the biggest fear man oh, dude. and now having yeah. a now having a daughter like the first thing i did when i had my daughter in the hospital room i played nas daughters because i was just like <laughs> it applies now because i have that's two boys a right? song but uh, aside from just the actual like content you're like dude this is this is low-key I'm not trying to hit on anyone. It's corny shit, but I was like, when I heard, it, I was like, oh man, this is so good. This is so good. I guess a tear rolls yeah. down like our eyes. Like we're like supplies, yeah. supplies to me. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's crazy too. It's I such had, an important song, man. Yeah, and I think, man, it's just hard. I think it's hard being a hip hop head. I think it's harder being a hip hop head and a dad because there's so much, like it's based on aggression and masculinity 
from back in the day, from the battles, from the DJs to, to the MCs yeah. or whatever. And like that kind of carries over to just this, this era of like objectification of not just women, but just things in general. Like 100%, how much you care man. about things in general. Yeah. It's, like, it's hard, man. I, I can't. It's and, tough. And thankfully, you know, like my wife, she understands that I'm like a super hip hop head and she'll, you know, she accepts that I play like songs with explicit lyrics just in front of my kid yeah, yeah and i'll just like you gotta understand that this is part of life too like i'm not gonna shield you from it i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna cuss around the house and i'm gonna just tell you like there's a time and a place for this if you ask for permission or you know that it's okay all right but you can't pop off at the mouth and talk trash to a teacher like that's just not acceptable yeah we talk about that with our oldest son too because it's more applicable for him because he's 11 and yeah. he's he's finding his way he's finding his place in the world right he's trying to figure out who his identity is and i think what's most important too i tell them i was just like yo we know you cuss around your friends like we're not tripping like we don't right. care like right. <laughs> like right. trust me you have like some really liberal like millennial parenting that is gonna allow like a lot of shit to go down right but also too like don't do that shit in front of your like adults like you be respectful you make sure you tighten it up be clean be clear but then when you're with your friends like do your thing like yeah. we don't care and like and i don't need to know all of that yeah but just true. know that if you need shit you can come talk to us and i think that's the most important dialogue thing is huge man it's and huge. I'm, I'm overthinking it because my kid's only 19 months but i'm thinking like how i was raised i didn't really have a relationship like that with my mom or my dad none like, of us did they it was just like i'm yeah. the parent you're the kid shut the fuck up do what i say and that's and that's fine because that's how they that's how they understood life to be but for me yeah. it's like my mom can tell you the first my mom thought i was gonna marry like a korean girl my whole life and not knowing like all the people that she put me around and stuff like that's like that can be the furthest thing from the truth. And that's not to say that I like I shun my identity as an not Asian. Not at all. But it's just like, that's just not what I was used to. So she's like, one day he'll figure it out. I was like, no, no. And you went all the way left. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, he's like problems, Jamaican bro. and Mexican. Like that she's like, you went left. Like we'll you went about that all the way at a later left. podcast because that shit was interesting and not in a good way. Man, yeah, you was, went all yeah, the way left. In terms left. of the opposite end of the spectrum, like, not much else besides that, man, in terms of Asians and, and, and other true, race man. relations, you know what I mean? So, But yeah, like the dialogue, I think, is important. I think yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm probably going to feed off of you when it comes to that because just having a relationship with the kids, like, you don't have to tell me everything, but at least keep me in the loop. There's going to come in time, I'm probably when the hormones kick, it's like my dad's a cornball, regardless of what you do, right? Absolutely. But then you'll at least have communication with them. And I think to the, for us, like that's the only thing we can impose because it's just like, yo, we don't care what it is, good, bad, and ugly. We're never going to like flip out. Just let us know yeah. because we've been there. We've That's done clutch, it. Man. We've That's so came clutch. through it. And I it's, hope I'm like just that. know it's super uncomfortable for us too. Like as uncomfortable as for you to talk about it, it's uncomfortable for us for here. Yeah. But we can help you through it. Just keep us in. Keep us that in. That is clutch, man. Don't I'm push us. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. man. Freddie's wrapping us up, man. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty much it for the intro. Uh, <laughs> expect more from uh, yeah, so that's the intro. Thirty-five-hour intro. Uh, <laughs> But you know, this is I, I. Again, I think this is a good thing. It's a good primer for people to understand, like where we're coming from. For sure, man. Um, hopefully, you guys understand that's a you know to place honesty and a place of like I'm not. This is no ill intent, if uh, unless you're not wearing real polo. But that's besides Super the point. U.S. Polo Association, <laughs> fucking anthrax is coming at you. <laughs> but I think yeah, I think this is this is a lane that's important. So you know, if you guys are into it, hit us up on social media, right? Hit us up on the Popscast, on IG, Twitter, Facebook, any format you want. But also, too, like, hit us with some things you guys want to hear about, too. Because, like, not only is it about us, it's about, like, really expanding the community and talking about some things that are really important. I think 
um, we can't think of all this stuff, man. Like we rely on like the people to be able to feed us the content. And it's not about what we think. It's about what we as a community think. And I think that's an important piece. So. Questions, comments, concerns, holler at us, man. We'll, we'll try to get to everything if we get, you know, inundated, but we get like a lot of the same types of questions. We'll, yeah, yeah. we'll answer those first. Send but. that shit to Freddie. I don't want to read that shit. <laughs> Fred at the popscast. Send it to Freddie at the popscast.com. Do, do we have a, do we have a questions email? Well, I'm sure we'll get one at some point. Yeah, yeah. Info it's, at the hip hop side. There you go. Right? Yeah. Yo, it's like some new shit. I don't know. It's low budget right now. <laughs> Except for his all, jacket. Man. Not at all. Let me tell you this. <laughs> jacket costs more than all this nah, shit. <laughs> Nah, we gotta, we gotta pay that premium for that uh, G Suite, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <Man. laughs> but yeah, man, anything. It just just holler at us, man. We'll try to be as open as possible with it. Well, I was gonna be honest. That's the one thing you could expect is authenticity. Um, we're gonna give it to you as honest as we possibly know how. I'm not gonna sugarcoat shit. Um, but we're gonna have some fun with it too, man. So like, let's talk some shit. Yeah, I want to like see it. what sneakers you're wearing today. Tell the people, show the people what you got Just, on today. Let me try not to pull a goddamn muscle. Bong, more Jordan threes. Bong, bong, kind of light work. I'm not because they were general release, but I'm not one of those types who are just like I only fuck with. Super rare shit, but I was like, you not know, at all. Anytime I wear like a flex piece, like the snow beach, I just try to go like a little. You try to subtle, tone it down. Try to sell a little, a little bit subtle. Yeah, he toned it down with the, the fresh threes. <laughs> just <laughs> that's toned down. Man, B, what about you, man? What about you, B? Some having Nike days, Ooh, man. He's ready for summer. summertime, man. Ready for summer, man. Some pastels, man. And Keep you got it. the paint on it too. I love that that Nike started getting into accessorizing, man. Me too. Like sending sneakers with like bringing the retro extra laces too, man. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. No, I'm with that's it. Super hard. That's as for as for the pops cast. I think that's it, right? We got it. We yeah, covered it. Out, man. it. First episode. First episode wrapped up, man. Wrapped up to to B. Congratulations to Fred. I just met him today, but he's cool as shit. Freddie's a creative director, the him. the mastermind behind all this shit. Freddie's uh, lit. Email, fan mail, send it to Fred. Don't send it to me. <laughs> Don't send me shit. My wife's in all my shit, so she got passwords to everything. All one, all one and a half. <laughs> female fans we get. Send two our, female fans. Email, send that shit send to Freddie. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Signing off, man. The podcast.